Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Morning Footy. Thank you so much for starting your week with us at our brand new time. Yeah. I feel like a new woman. I'm Susanna Collins. That's Nico <laughs> Cantor, Charlie Davies, Nigel Rio Coker. We've got Duda Pavau in for some headlines. Hot guys, it's 8 a.m. I don't know about you, but that extra hour of sleep made a big difference. I feel like yeah, a new person. Right. I feel like a new person. You must. I oh. You're an, the one that's driving from an, Boston all the way down. An extra hour? Let's go. You think Are so? You he feels like a new person, but yet he's the same old Charlie. You know, just <laughs> arrives when he wants, does what he wants. It's Charlie's world. We're all just renting a space in it. Can we talk about the Cardi too? Because it, you rocked one last week. You've got another one on. I feel like we're just we need a fireplace. Uh, can and you grab the mug? A little story time. Hot cocoa. You are you are all in your fall vibes right now. The fall is when I come alive. It's it's my favorite season. season? It's my favorite season. When not even close. When does high school soccer season start in in Massachusetts? Fall, baby. In the fall. Yes. Yeah, that's it. It's your season. It's when you come alive. Smell the grass, some cardigans, (laughs) sweaters, light jackets. Come on, you 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 should be vibing with me. Yeah. <laughs> Nigel's like, no. Do you know what I love about Nigel? You know, he just shows up. He's he's like, I'm wearing my suit. This is who I am. I look dapper. My no, only... no, no. We are all one human race, but we all have different qualities, different personalities, and that's what makes the world a beautiful place. You know what else I love about place. Nigel? He he's not very good with names. I just want to be clear. That we... <laughs> Susanna, <laughs> let it go. Let it go. Let's let it go now, you okay? You know I have to bust your chops a little bit, Nigel. No, we're good. We're all good. We're all friends here. Um, all right, well, the day's going to take a turn now, at least for me, because hmm. we're going to chat about the big storyline of the weekend, which was the Tottenham-Liverpool match. This was a big one in the Premier League. Uh, both teams heading into this match unbeaten on the season, playing really, really well. And... Um, yeah, as a Liverpool fan, this was not this was not fun for me because there was some controversial calls throughout the match, I would say, but there was one in particular. So this is uh, the Luis Diaz goal right and, before and, and what a goal, by the way. would have given them the one nil lead. Already and down a man. And already down a man because of Oof. the Curtis Jones red. And and it was called offside. And then there was no 
they are. They did not show the lines on the screen. So I was very confused when this all went down. So this is the statement that was put out from PGMOL. Um, they acknowledged significant human error during that match. The goal by Luis Diaz was disallowed for offside by the on-field team of match officials. Clear and obvious factual error should have resulted in the goal being awarded. Okay, so then Liverpool yesterday released this statement. Uh, basically saying that they acknowledge the omission of failures, clear that the correct application of the laws of the game did not occur, resulting in sporting integrity being undermined. We will explore the range of options available given the clear need for escalation and resolution to this. Yes. Well, (laughs) this is the thing. You say it's human error, but why did we implement VAR in the first place? (laughs) Right? So the official lets the play go on, and then the AR has his flag up mm-hmm. or offside. That's when VAR steps in and says, this is a goal. So stop. Don't let a, a, a re-kick take. There's no, don't let it play v- on. V- We're going to bring it back because that's a goal. So you, the you, biggest, sit, you, 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 you allow the well, referee to... Kind of Re- reportedly, reportedly, let, let's get it right. As per the reports, the the AR raises his flag, and VAR, what they believed reportedly was that the call in the field was a goal. Goal. So what they verbalized to the referee check was complete. check. That's what they say. Complete. But the biggest thing that Charlie's saying is this: How is there not greater communication between VAR? And the officials. That's the part I find yeah, hard to understand. Complete, but then you say, yeah. They should have goal. direct communication I, there. I, there's so many questions. I don't understand how you... How the VAR is not aware of the call that happens on the field. Yeah. So, uh, a perfect time to bring in our very good friend, Christina Uncle. I imagine um, you have been a very busy woman over the, the past 48 hours addressing this incident that happened. And obviously, I'm a Liverpool, so this one this one hurt a lot. But I, it just it felt like such an egregious failure of the protocol that is supposed to be in place. Can you just kind of tell us how? how this happened, how this all unfolded? Yeah, it's never a good day when you're on the top of morning footy on a referee. <laughs> I definitely guarantee you that. Um, but, yeah, Nico hit it. I just want to make sure, be clear that everyone understands the, the, the what occurred as more information is coming out is the on-field decision was offside. The VAR upstairs, a lapse of concentration to know exactly what was happening on the field, believed it to be uh, an actual goal was a decision on the field, which was actually not the case. The verbalization of check complete is the appropriate protocol to recommend down to the officials if he had said, believed, and he did, that it was an actual good goal on the field. So all of that followed in process. However, it was understood that quickly after the ball was put back into play, uh, obviously it would be an, an offside decision, uh, indirect free kick there, is when the VAR team officials upstairs realized that they had a misunderstanding as to what the on-field decision was. Uh, and on the VAR protocol, technically speaking, when the ball is replayed and we put back into play, you can no longer recommend a VAR recommendation outside unless it is violent conduct or mistaken identity. Um, so I just want to play all of those out and that communication that occurred. It was something that would naturally occur from the on-field officials to hear a check complete. They would naturally assume that the VAR official and the assistant VAR, the video operator, all understood that was an offside decision. 
So they would think that would be a quick check complete for that decision. So that is where the communication breakdown happened was the mental side from the VAR not being aware that it was an actual off, off, uh, offside that was called on that field. You had one job. <laughs> Christina, I appreciate you for waking up early and talking about this situation. But what I'm trying to understand is how, as a referee, if, if you are tasked with being the VAR, do you not see that it's offside? How, how do you misconstrue that call? Uh, one is stepping into that, you know, many of us, I you know, was trained in VAR back in 2017, and we were the first league in Major League Soccer to implement it around the world in a league. And one thing that was very, very clear and apparent to me during that training, which ironically enough, Howard Webb was the one who was training and we were learning the VAR protocol, is you cannot step in that room thinking it's as simple as turning on a TV and watching the game. You can't step in that room and say, hey, that much has happened. I'm going to take a break and I'm going to relax. You can't do that. And it's very easy to be deceptively pulled into that. Not in this game. It was a very interesting game even leading up to the Diaz. So um, one of those things is to kind of mentally keep yourself in a check. The VAR room, I think, and specifically, I think the position of VAR is the most difficult position for the on-field officials at this moment because, as we see here, there is zero room for excuse to get something wrong. Just none. We have the camera angles. It is supposed to be that security safety blanket or when we make human errors on the field for clear and obvious errors. So here it's a mental lapse of time of not staying focused and taking a look at what led up to play, what occurred. Um, and also making that sure you have that communication with your assistant VAR. And there's a lot of protocols that have fallen um, in this check alone. Uh, those that are saying scrap VAR in totality, uh, I just strongly want to tell you not to because then Diaz definitely would have been offside still in the scenario because uh, that's the on-field decision. But it's making it's losing track of those protocols and respectfully even looking to your assistant VAR. And it's rumored that he didn't check with his assistant VAR, which is an offside official, to say, you know, you good here, we're good here, and then saying check complete, right? Maybe if he would have taken two or three more of those communications within the booth before saying check complete, that could have caught the scenario. Christina, explain to my simple mind, with all the technology that VAR has and all the technology we are living in, how there isn't better communication between the VAR and the referee? How they're not in constant communication for them to be able to speak to the on-the-field match officials? Uh, there is uh, constant communication. This isn't coming down to um, the protocols are broken or the law is broken. None of this is broken uh, when, you know, semi-automated offside technology is not in Premier League. And that was a decision by Premier League itself. That's not a decision by the officials. I've just learned people thought that uh, PGMO decided that and that's not the case. Nothing is broken when it comes to protocol or let me, I'll qualify that because, you know, there's no such thing as that 100%. But there is uh, the protocols and the law itself are not broken. What really comes down to it is that clear communication. So what we would want to hear ideally in this scenario, although, you know, once you get into the routine of it is saying, you know, confirming, uh, you know, confirming offside decision, right? Check complete. Or in here a scenario, he would think that it was a good goal saying confirming goal, check complete. Those were the words that we would want to hear before confirming goal, check complete. If he would have said confirming goal, that would have triggered everybody on the field to say, no, we don't have a goal. We have an offside, right? And given that second thing. So when you hear that, when you remove the two simple words of confirming goal and you merely say check complete, on-field officials are making an assumption that you've already looked at that offside. But if we always kind of open up the loop and then close the loop with the decision that we're confirming with the check complete, that's where that communication. So it's merely a protocol of getting too relaxed with the system upstairs.
All right, so Christina, you know, Liverpool put out the, the statement they, they are demanding escalation and, and resolution from, from this matter. What happens next? You know, what are, what are sort of the, the repercussions from something like this, you know, the, this, this mental error that happens? And how, how do you prevent it from happening again moving forward? What does this look like? Yeah, there is no apology that PGMO or I could give the rest of the world and you, Susanna, for this error. There just isn't. It's it's inexcusable. It's unexplainable. Um, when Liverpool pulled out that statement, right, we always say two wrongs don't make a right. And I understand, uh, and it's bigger, and this is the difference of refereeing professional soccer versus refereeing grassroots youth soccer, is the implications of a loss of some points, jobs down the line, uh, right, cups is here immediately when we talk about, you know, what are the implications uh, is that the officials there in England and the Navy are, have been removed from their games. Uh, and everyone says that's not enough, right? And in the laws and in VAR protocol, match validity cannot be contested if there is a misuse of VAR or a failure to use VAR. So it, this was very interesting when I saw Liverpool put out this kind of a statement because Ultimately, when it comes to challenging the validity of the game and the fact that it was such a clear and obvious error, within the laws of the game, there's nothing that can be done. If they're trying to take action outside of the laws of the game, this is very, very concerning because, yes, does this decision undermine, and as we can see in the public media, people are crying corruption or making these allegations when it was a simple and sadly human error. Um, to then take such a stronger statement by Liverpool to say, you know, we are going to explore other options as well outside of what we can do within protocol continues to undermine uh, the refereeing, uh, you know, the refereeing uh, that is happening. And once you start undermining the justice system in the game, then people start to lose interest in it. So the next steps uh, is outside of, you know, what Howard Webb has a lot of work on his hands. Uh, I know he's only been on the job for nine months, but it's really stripping it down to the bolts and restructuring the VAR protocols, uh, ensuring that we're taking mindsets of individuals he didn't get trained and retraining them through the process to ensure 100% in that booth. Oh, man. Still hurts. This one still hurts. Uh, Christina, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us this morning. Next time you come on, we'll have, we'll have more fun, I promise. <laughs> yes. I just got to get myself a nice little warm sweater. <laughs> there you uh, go. A bubble braid. We'll call yeah. it a day. Join the cardigan party. Uh, Christina, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thanks, all. Have a good day. Oh, man, I just, I, I, I do want to say, though, I was so proud of the way Liverpool played at the end of Hey, that would have been a golden match. point. You, it you should have be been, proud. It would have been mm -hmm. unbelievable. The, the way that Klopp put that team into that formation at the end and came so close. I mean, my, my, my I mean, heart even, broke for Matip and that, that one goal. Just one man down. Yeah. That was sensational. Just went up. Allison it, Becker was phenomenal. He has mm -hmm. been. I mean, I, like, it, it's just the gutty say, performance. quickly that this now puts a lot of pressure on the next match officials for a Liverpool game. Not just the referee on the pitch, but the VAR. Yeah. Everything's going to be scrutinized now because of this. Okay, I'm glad we got that Just when you have all the, the tools for there to be 100% clarity and you mess up so egregiously like this, yeah. it only raises more suspicion. 100%. Um, all right, on. guys, we're going to take a break. Uh, Yusuf Polson of RB Leipzig joins us next. This is going to be a fun conversation. Don't go anywhere. Hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Bayern Munich and RB Leipzig. You're looking at a level of competition right now in the Bundesliga that is that is fun to see. And that's a tidy ball and Openda gives Leipzig the lead. There's a second goal. Castello for Leipzig. What an explosive first half. And penalty for Bayern. And Kane slots at home. Danger here. Leroy Sané. 2-2. Superb from Bayern. We certainly have enjoyed this. Welcome back. Well, on Saturday, two of the top teams in the Bundesliga squared off as Bayern Munich and RB Leipzig played to a thrilling 2-2 draw. And right now, we are absolutely delighted to bring in the striker playing in his 10th season for RB Leipzig, Yusuf Polson. 85 goals, 64 assists, and a club record 367 appearances. It is an honor to have you. Welcome to Morning Footy. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Okay, let's chat about this game over the weekend because you guys had the 2-0 lead heading into halftime. It ends in a 2-2 in a draw. Now that you've had kind of a couple days to, to process it, what were, the, what were the feelings after this match? Oh, uh, the feeling was a little bit of a disappointment, I think. Yeah, could feel it in the, in the guys. Like, of course, if you yeah, have a lead of 2-0 at halftime, uh, of course you want to win the game. Um, but... Uh, Bayern is a strong team, and we know that. And uh, they also came out in the second half with, uh, yeah, with a different approach. Approach, and uh, yeah, I think at the end, overall, it was a, a deserved draw. Yusuf, you, you played Bayern in the Super Cup, and you demolished them three 0 That was pre Harry Kane. Now with Harry Kane, do, do you notice a difference with this Bayern side with Harry Kane on the pitch? Um, yes, of course they have an, a new. First of all, he's a great player. He's a world-star, world-class player, and, and he's going to have an impact in any team he's going to go into. Uh, so, of course, there's a difference. Um, but I think we, if, if we're talking about the game two days ago, we, we actually managed to close him down quite well uh, for the most of the game. Um, and but at, the end, at the end, he's still on, on the score sheet. So it's, uh, it's not <laughs> always possible. Um, but yeah, he may, he makes a difference to the team, um, and yeah. So so it's even more difficult to, to beat them. It, it, it's a, a difficult proposition dealing against, dealing with Harry Kane in this Bayern Munich attack. But you've also faced Bayer Leverkusen, and and we we've been talking about Victor Boniface quite quite often of just how good he has been in in the Bundesliga. Now that you've seen both two both teams and you've competed with both, I, I feel your team is probably unlucky in that Leverkusen game. 
who who is a, who do you think is a stronger opponent, and how do you feel that Leverkusen is this season? Oh, Leverkusen is great this season. Yeah, I have to say, um, it was a difficult match to play there, um, and like I think uh, I think there's going to be a lot of con- contenders for 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 the yeah for the title this year, and a lot of uh, teams who, who are playing good. You also have uh, Dortmund, who was almost getting the the title last season. Um, Wolfsburg's looking great also this season. So um, there's a lot of difficult teams to play. Uh, this year, and um, Liverpool is definitely one of them. And uh, I think, yeah, I, I can't compare them because it's two different teams to play against. Um, and Liverpool have a different approach than Bayern has. But um, I can say it's difficult to play against both. Yusuf, uh, another big game coming up this midweek against Manchester City. You guys had. A- not a great showing against them in the Champions League last season, but it's not. It's it's time for redemption. Manchester City's coming off of a loss for you guys. You guys must have that taste of revenge in your mouth. Yeah, of course we have. And uh, to be fair, we have been quite good at home against the City. We won one time and, and draw them the other time. And uh, then let's not talk about how we did it in City. We'll just focus on <laughs> how great we are playing against them at home. <laughs> Have you exchanged messages with with Josko Vardiol uh, before this game? Yeah, yeah. Um, Danny almost uh, is my partner ne- is sitting to me next in the dressing room, and he's uh, talking to him a lot. Uh, they have uh, some past in playing together in, in Croatia, uh, so um, yeah, we have talked, and we're looking forward to seeing him again. Yusuf, take us into the Leipzig building right now. What would you say, or what is the message being put to you guys as players? As what's the goal for this season? What's the priority? Um, we have quite a new team. We've lost a lot of players. We've got a lot of new players. Um, so we we were not sure how far and how good we could come into this season uh, with yeah ten new signings. Uh, it's always difficult when when you change the squad. Uh, yeah, like that, like we did this year. Um, but I think we've managed it quite well, um, and we, yeah, still looking at the same. Like the last couple of seasons, we want to be in the top. We want to see how long we can uh, stay into to, yeah, contending uh, about the title. Um, we know it's difficult, and yeah, Bayern have won it 11 times in a row, so uh, they are always going to be the favorite for it. But. Um, We'll see how long we can keep uh, keep up with them. Yusuf, also, you're a rare breed as a player. In the modern game, we don't see players staying at a club for so long. You've been there for 10 years. Tell us what that's been like with all the changes you've seen and how you've managed to keep yourself as a player motivated to you know, want to be part of the club. Yeah, yeah that's happened a lot. Uh, I came here when we were in the third division, so um, that's, uh, you can imagine, imagine the change. Um, I played... At home for 12,000, I think, in my first home match, or 10,000, and now we have a full stadium every week. So it's uh, quite of a change. Um, but in terms of motivation, it's, it's easy when when you're t- taking steps forward all the time. And uh, I have the feeling that we have done that with the club over the last 10 years. That we keep continuing uh, to improve, and uh, yeah, we yeah went through the leagues and then uh, went in straight into the Champions League in the first year in the Bundesliga and so on. And uh, yeah, played in the 
in the Champions League uh, semi-finals and, and uh, last two years we won the cup. So there's yeah, we are always developing, and that's what motivates me the most. That we yeah can keep moving forward and, and get new challenges. Do you have a uh, Red Bull tattoo game. now? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. No, not no, yet. So you, you, you as a player, Yusuf, how have you developed o over these 10 years? Because you've been getting international matches with Denmark, playing in the Bundesliga, scoring goals, playing Champions League. How have you seen yourself develop into a top, to a top striker? Yeah, of course, I came here as a, as a young kid. I was just turned 19. So, yeah, you develop a lot and the experience you get of uh, playing these games and playing these games every year. Um, and also the international games, and we have also had uh, yeah, quite of a good squad with the Danish national teams. Went into the semi-finals of the Euros uh, last time, and um, yeah, that's that that possibility to play these games are exactly the the thing you need to to develop your game as 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 a player. And a lot of players have probably the same abilities, but uh, doesn't get the chance to to develop them because of uh, a lack of opportunity of, of getting these kind of games. Yusuf, I want to roll the clock back 10 years, a little bit more than 10 years at this point. What was the selling point from Leipzig to go to you and say, hey, we have this project, we want you to be a part of it. And was it convincing you know, to go from Denmark to the third division of, of Germany? Did you have any doubts? What was that like? Um, yeah, first, like, yeah, I played one and a half years a pro in Denmark uh, at the point. Um, got some uh, substitutes in the first league uh, in my first year with uh, with Lyngby. And we went down to the second league and played one season there. Um, and to be fair, the third league in Germany is better than the second <laughs> league in, uh, in Denmark. Um, and, yeah, I wanted to play... Um, to play pro football and not in some other second team club as I had the opportunity to do somewhere else. Uh, there was a lot of Bundesliga interest also, but I was then going to play games for the second team and uh, most of the second teams are in the fourth league. So for me, it was it was an easy choice to, to, to do uh, after I was here uh, and looked at everything. And we, we had Ralf Rangnick at that point and he had already showed with... Yeah, Ulm and with Hoffenheim that he, he can take teams through through the lower leagues uh, into the Bundesliga. Um, and if you have a figure like that who can show you that it already happened before, uh, that's uh, a quite convincing argument. <laughs> uh, and um, when I came here, it, w it was clear that the facilities and the things that were about to be built at that point uh, was all on focus on going into the first league. Um, I was also other uh, places in, in Germany to look at it, and um, yeah, at that point, the, the yeah the development of the club Leipzig was not there yet, but you could see that um, that they were reaching for going at the highest level in Germany, and uh, yeah. Yusuf, toughest defender currently in the Bundesliga. Toughest defender. Whew. Uh, I played against uh, two of uh, uh, kind of tough ones. <laughs> Just a couple of days ago with uh, Upamecano and uh, and uh, Kim. Um, I'm saying Upamecano is uh, quite a tough player. Now I've all had the enjoyment of 
playing against him every day in training for for two three years uh, when he was here. Uh, so I would probably say. Okay, Yusuf, I'm going to finish on a fun one for you. Do you like New York City? I do. Oh, I do. okay. You know, there's a a club a club there in New York City. You know, what's the chances of uh, maybe seeing you in New York City for that Red Bull? You know, within the Red Bull New York. Let's just say you're desperate for a striker. I'm so. just saying, yeah, Red Bull New York. You like New York City? That could be a match made in heaven. Yeah, it could. It could be. I'm not. Uh, I'm not um, saying that that's not going to happen. At at some point, uh, but uh, right now I like playing Champions League, and uh, <laughs> oh, okay. the, US, the US are not uh, able to play in the Champions League at the US teams. So uh, yeah. hey, CCC. Nigel's a new agent, Yusuf. <laughs> you got you got to give him give him a, a little bit we'll because uh, yeah, he's he's. You're just getting your feet wet, right? I'm just saying, <laughs> just putting it out there. Good energy. Well, Yusuf, yeah, I mean, we know you've got another 10 years in you at the very least. Uh, we, at least. At, at least. least, at least. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us. Best of luck this week against Thank City. You. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys, we are I going to be. take a break. Uh, Duda Paval will be back with some headlines on the other side. Don't go anywhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Guys, we have uh, Duda Pavau in making her morning footy debut. Welcome, Duda. Duda. Benvinda. Lovely to have you this morning. First day of school. It is. You look great. Thank you very much. We're excited for the headlines. Thank you. We have a bunch of headlines. Should we get to it? Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. Good morning, everybody. Happy to be here. Let's start. We have first one up, Inter Miami's chance of qualifying for the MLS playoffs took another hit after their 1-1 draw with NYCFC. But Tata Martino gave fans some hope after seeing Lionel Messi after playing this season. The Inter Miami head coach ended rumors that Messi will miss the rest of the season with a hamstring injury. And of course, we're happy about that. He has been dealing with for the past month. And Martino said, quote, we are going to evaluate him. If he's going to be on the bench, if he's going to be unavailable, whether against Chicago or FC Cincinnati, we're going to see that. He's training on the field apart from the group, but he's feeling better in belly. Miami is four points out of the Easter Conference playoff places with four games to play, and they will visit the Chicago Fire on Wednesday night. Next up, we have in other MLS news that will come as a surprise to nobody <laughs> because I have my jersey as well. Lionel Messi topped the list of highest selling MLS jerseys. The league released the top 25 in Messi was one of the three Inter-Miami players on that list, along with Sergio Busquets and Joseph Martinez. 
St. Louis striker Juan Klaus was second on that list as well, while Jordan Morris was sixth as the highest-ranked American. The ranks are based on overall retail sales of Adidas MLS jerseys on the MLS Team Store site from January to September 12th. Joao Klaus. I know. Yes. Look at St. Louis repping on this wow. list. Two Lewis. in the top ten. Going we in. love it. Moving out to Scotland, Rangers has fired manager Michael Beale after their 3-1 loss to Aberdeen. Rangers legend now Stephen Davis has stepped up as a caretaker manager. Beale took charge of the club 10 months ago and leaves Rangers after a poor start to the season, with three losses in the first seven league matches. They also crashed out of the Champions League qualifying back in August, losing to PSV in the qualifying playoff round. Now moving to Italy, Napoli star Victor Osimen broke his silence about the videos posted by his own club's official TikTok account that made fun of him after recent penalty miss. The Nigerian striker posted a message on Instagram expressing his love for the city and for the people of Naples. The statement said, quote, Coming to the city of Naples in 2020 was a wonderful decision for me. The people of Napoli have shown me so much love and kindness, and I would not allow anyone to come between us. Osimen has scored goals in each of Napoli's two matches since the controversial TikTok came out, helping the reigning Serie A champions post a pair of lopsided victories. And now, in England, U.S. men's national team captain Tyler Adams made his long-awaited return from injury last week, but he suffered another setback, unfortunately, and is now facing another spell on the sidelines. Bournemouth manager Andoni Eraola confirmed that Adams will be out, and he quotes, for some time. Adams made his first appearance for Bournemouth in the Carabao Cup with win over Stoke City last Wednesday, but suffered another hamstring injury that kept him out after for six months. He was not included in Bournemouth's squad for the 4-0 loss to Arsenal. Now, Charlie, my friend, I yes. am coming to you after this one. Tyler Adams has been out for six months, and now he's back. Another injury. How do you think that the U.S. men's national team fans should be worried, and who do you see stepping in into that position? I don't think the U.S. men's national team fans should be worried. That's one. Why? What? Charlie, uh, he is perpetually injured. Yes. This man has not been but healthy. US He's not the only one. Year. Yes, but U.S. men's national team fans, having seen how they played in the Nations League semifinals and finals, you're not worried at the moment. I'm not worried about the team. I'm worried That's, about Tyler Adams yes. and what he will be able to contribute because to me, I look at this guy as he, who is somebody who is just, mm -hmm. he's one of those players where it's just like you are susceptible. Injury prone. Injury prone. I think about like a Josie Altidore where it's or just a, like. Or a Gio Reyna. Exactly. And it's just, it, make, it makes me nervous for his for his tenure with the U.S. men's national team because he's the captain. He's a leader but, on that club. But, so where are you going? But before, yeah, before all of this, um, I will say he was healthy all of World Cup qualifying. He was healthy in the World Cup. He is a standout captain. Everyone respects him. Now, in terms of health, he had those question marks at RB Leipzig before. He got over the hump. This is now another setback. But for Tyler Adams, he, he had I, it at Leeds also. He was injured at Leeds ooh, also. Well, that's where it started. Charlie. March 11th was his last 90-minute game at, at Leeds when he did his hamstring initially. What I'm saying is I've been there. He's going to overcome it. 
He's, he's got that type of mentality. And Gio Reyna is the same way. He was injured, and you have all these question marks. But at the end of the day, all you can focus on is getting on the pitch and, and figuring out a way to stay healthy. And I'm, sh I'm certain injuries don't, don't last if you, if you figure out a way to, to manage the, I think it was the amount of minutes he was playing in the English Premier League, the demand. Next thing you know, you're pushing it. You feel something, but you keep pushing it. You're just listening to your body. And he, he's, a top, he's a top kid. I think he, he will overcome it when he, so once he gets back. Why are U.S. international players so fragile? <laughs> they are fragile. Like, they're always constantly getting injured. A lot of them, I'm just Who asking. Who else is fragile? I mean, Al most of the time gets know, injured. You know There's a lot of them that's fragile. That's always to, constantly to, getting injured. To be injured. fair, you know who's you know who's fragile? Robert Greene's hands when Clint Dempsey takes a shot at them. Oh, well, we're going back there. <laughs> really? No, but, but, you, no, you but there's a lot. I know Tyler Adams is out. Pulisic is always out. Rainer's never really available. There's a lot. There's a lot of US international. They're top three. players. Give me, give me three more. They're, they, me they're, they're your most important players. Generally, you will always get injured and be out for a period of time. He does have a point that they they are your most important players. They are they are injury prone. Tyler Adams, Joe Reyna and But there, there's and a difference Pulisic. between there's a difference between Christian Pulisic who's dribbling and gets hit and he's getting injuries from getting hits versus a muscular injury which is what Tyler Adams has been dealing with, which is a hamstring. And Gio Reyna, he gets kicked from he breaks his leg. So there there are ways to avoid that. I think for Christian it was getting the ball off his foot, playing and moving, combining instead of dribbling into pressure. And I think he's learning that you're seeing with AC Milan him flourishing. So far, so good. And I think we're going to see the best of, of Christian Pulisic as long as he continues to play. And, and right now, I think it's a good fit at Milan. Right, come okay. World Cup, if it's not Tyler Adams. Yeah. Who, who's... Well, did you see Yunus Musa in this match? That's what I was going to say to you. Musa. Okay, pick one. Tyler Adams or Musa, if you had well, to pick they're one. They're two different players. Uh, who is most it depends, important? It depends what the game is asking for. You can't say every game we're going to play in a defensive role or an attacking minor role, depending on who but you're playing against. I feel that Musa still has room to evolve his game. I think that he can evolve into that final third as well to contribute a lot more. Because well, he's seen as more so the, more, the defensive-minded one. Yeah. But I feel the ability that he's got, he has that room to evolve into that final he, third he, to contribute he, a lot more. He does, but... They played well together against England when they bossed England. Jesus Christ, they bossed, bossed England. Did they okay. not? They did. In the World okay. Cup, they bossed England in the midfield. And what I was saying is England Yunus took Musa, their foot off the gas, Yunus mate. Musa is, is showing he's box-to-box. -box. He has to develop his game in the final, final third. third. Yeah. But in terms of also breaking in in this Milan midfield, which is very difficult to do, he showed he's got the quality to play. And... Uh, he's, he's one of my favorite players, just in, in terms of how gifted he is on the ball. I like Musa. His movement. He's fantastic. He's player. Tyler player. Adams, I think they partner each other. No, they balance well. each other well. Yeah. But I'm just saying, my thing is this. It's, it's great. U.S. national team have great talent. But my problem is the availability. They constantly always get injured. That's a problem. Don't and that's say a concern. always. Don't say always. We'll agree to disagree. Yeah. <laughs> Susanna. He's trying, to, he's trying to light me up. I'm not trying to light he's you up. Light no, my, up. I, I just, my fear is that Tyler Adams is one of these players where his, I mean, I don't argue with you at all about what he brings and like that mentality, yeah. but if his body consistently lets him down, that's what I, I worry about. And we've seen it before and it's like, how do you overcome that? You know, like you can be as strong as you are mentally, but like if your body just consistently lets you down. And I don't want that for him. I don't want him to be that kind of player, but I'm concerned. I think maturity. I'm concerned. It's just maturity and experience of, because he's always go, 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 yeah. go. 
listen, you need to, take yes. a break. Lionel Messi comes to Inter Miami. What did I say? You can't play all these games and throw in travel when you haven't had travel like this in a regular season. Yeah. Major League Soccer, Miami to LA, LA to Argentina, pulls his hamstring. Mm. It's understanding your body at the elite mm -hmm. level. Exactly. And mm -hmm. with everything that he And having he brings, people around you to help that you. Ball do of energy that. that he is. With the pressure to play. No, he's an, he is a, a massively important player for the U.S., for sure. Um, all right, guys, we're going to take a break. We are going to look at some results around Europe when we come back. Stay with us.